I, I maybe I did play at least a little bit too much. Oh, Judas Priest! <laughs> you won't hear us playing Judas Priest, but you will be hearing an entertaining sports show with myself, Frank, and David the Man of God Harris on WSUT's After Further Review, airing Saturdays 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. and throughout the week with our replay 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. on Toledo's only alternative and your on-campus radio station, 88.3 WXUT. Oh, Judas Priest! <laughs> After further review, we just got done talking about the changes in Ohio high school football playoff format. Now, we're going to be moving over to Michigan, which is in Frank Vashner's neck of the woods. Make sure you always listen to 88.3 WGTs. After further review, now in podcast format since the studio's been closed and campus is closed down. So, we'll pretty much be putting it here on that platform. You can listen to us on SoundCloud and on iTunes. And after further review a picture of frank bashner and the horse's head so frank give us an update on michigan's the misha changes well one of the biggest changes that's going to be happening with mhsaa is a rule that a lot of people in the buckeye state should be familiar with and that is the five quarter rule mm. so okay yeah so for anyone who is not familiar what this means is in Football and basketball well, means a player can play in up to five quarters per week in football or five quarters per game day in basketball. For example, let's say they're a JV football player and they can play in up they can play five quarters per week. They can do that in any form. They can play in three quarters of a JV game on a Thursday night or and two quarters of a varsity game on a Friday night or two, then three or four and one, whatever, whatever works for them. And basketball, it means they can play in any combination of five quarters on a game day. So they could play sort of the season. Well, I'm at Bedford. We could have a JV player play in three quarters of a JV game. And then let's say we want to have him up on varsity because we're short a few guys due to injury, and then we could have him come in for two quarters in the varsity game that night. I think this is actually a good rule because there are a lot of programs in the state of Michigan that where number turnout isn't really that good, and when you don't have that many bodies available and depth becomes an issue, you can at least have a little bit of extra depth when you need it because so, it's better to uh, – need to have it and not need it than to need it and not have it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, and I'm, like I said, Derek, I'm pretty sure you're familiar with the five quarter rule as well. And, in, in basketball. Yes. Yeah. Um, and football. I mean, now you said there's going to be some changes when the JV games play, right? Or was that just something that was suggested? Well, I, well, I had uh, talked with uh, one of the, my assignments for football, and there's a discussion that the Lenaway County Athletics Association was going to move JV football games to Saturdays 
kind of similar to how Ohio does it, but that ended up not going through. Mm-hmm. And I mean, me personally, I've I've only been somewhere where there's only been there's been a JV game on a Saturday, and that was because of bad weather or bad field conditions. But in an area in an area of the country that loves college football, you really don't want to have to go to a JV game on a Saturday and then you have to hurry home and watch your Michigan or your Michigan State at the same time, especially when if you have tickets to go to a game and you're like, okay, now we can't go to games because we've got our JV game to go watch at that time. Um, and also there's times in Michigan where youth football will play on Saturday morning as well. Some schools that are depends on what league they're in. I know there's there is one league that does play on Sunday afternoons. That's the Washington Junior League that the Idle Lightning are a part of, which I've done a little bit of announcing for in the past. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I, th- I think probably down the road there might come a time when JV football games do get moved to Saturday, but that's not going to be anytime soon. And also another change that's happening to basketball. And this is one that I think should have been put in place last year when they went to seeding for districts. And they're now going to have the top two seeds automatically get a bye to Wednesday's district semifinals. Because it used to be, it, it kind of varied by, by uh, if it was boys or girls. In the, with the boys, the number one seed in the district got a first round bye automatically. The number two seed had to play in a rat tail game on Monday if it was a five-team district. If it was a six-team district, then they had to still have the number one and number two, even though they were on the opposite side of the bracket. They still played on Monday. You which, said, you said a rat tail game? Yeah, that's just that's just a slang term for a playing game. I don't know why they call it that. Okay. I, but, yeah, like I said, I've never heard of a rat tail game. Uh, yeah, I've heard, uh, I don't know who came up with the idea, but let's, why can't they just stick to call it a play game? Mm. But in, in, all, in, all, in all seriousness, it didn't really make a lot of sense to have your number one and number two seeds play in a playing game on Monday eh, where they had to go and play and run the chance of possibly getting upset unless they were playing a complete dumpster fire team. Right. So, yeah, because because um, also last year for girls in a in a five team, it was the number one seed that had to play in the playing game on Monday, and that was that was the case in the district that I announced. Is Ida's girls team was the number one seed in the district, and they had to they ended up having to play that Monday, even though they ended up destroying in their competition by thirty points. I know that some. There were some coaches that weren't real thrilled with having to play on Monday, and even though they were the top seeds. Like, okay, we go to seeding, and we're the top team. We took care of business, and we have to play Monday. That's dumb. Mm-hmm. So now we're not going to have that anymore. And while I'm glad it is happening this year, why couldn't they have just done this last year? It's just use common sense. And it would have saved a lot of complaining from happening. <laughs> and, and of course, yeah, I, I know, 
I know in Ohio, the, 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 I think you've told me this before, but refresh my memory, the top team gets to pick where they want to go in the bracket. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Well, the top team, obviously, yeah, they basically can pick the site that they want to go to. And then after that, you know, as, as the seeding goes on, you, you pick uh, where you, where else you want to go. I mean, it, it's basically how it works. Um, and then after that, once I think almost all the top seeds are picked, then the other lower seeds basically try to avoid <laughs> going wherever they want to play. So if you're going to be the team that's with the, the – not all the time does it happen, but – if you're the lower seed, normally, you know, if there's 20 teams and you're the 20th seed, a lot of times you'll probably end up playing the number one seed in that actual, you know, district, which will be, you know, that means you're going to the pound town, as you like to call it. Yeah. And let's see, a couple other changes I did want to highlight, too. Uh, so one for football, the running clock rule will have – will go into effect when a team leads its opponents by 50 points to in the first half. It used to be just it was 35 in the second half. Is this is this football? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, this is – yeah, but now they're making it where if a team gets up by a 50-burger in the first half, which sometimes still happens, then they'll put the running clock rule into effect, which I guess is a good thing. That way you don't have – that way you could – get out of there quicker. Mm-hmm. And then one, and there was one more. Now, is there a rule? That, do you have a running clock rule in basketball? Cause there is technically a running clock rule in basketball, but I think both coaches have to agree upon it in Ohio. There is a running clock rule in basketball. It's when the margin gets to 40 points in the second half and it stays that way until it drops down to 30. Oh, okay. So, yeah, because I think it's 35 here, and then if both coaches say, hey, you know, just keep the clock running, they keep the clock running. Yeah. Wait. Yeah, and then the uh, – and let's see. Uh, one one more thing I did want to hit on, and this I believe is also the case in Ohio, that if a that if a coach or a player is ejected from a contest – they now have to take an online sportsmanship class from mm-hmm. National Federation of State High School Associations. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, if, if if it happened actually to a coach, when I was at Maumee, he got ejected for a game. It was a two-game suspension, and he had to take anger management classes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, because I've had several of my officiating brother in Ohio tell me that if you get ejected down there, you have to take a class. Michigan, what it is, is if you get ejected, you miss the next day of competition, and now you have to take the class in addition. And you said in Ohio that it was a two-game suspension? Mm-hmm. If you got ejected, it was a two-game suspension. Um, I actually had a player. He didn't start it, but it was a fight started by the other team, and he had to sit out. Now, he didn't have to take the anger management classes. I, I believe the, the coaches – have to take like an anger management or sportsmanship class where, you know, you get two technicals and ejected from the game. But yeah, it is pretty crazy. Yeah. 
And I think I believe also Ohio has a rule where if you get ejected for a third time in the season, you don't get to coach anymore, period, or something like that. I don't know about that. I'd have to look that up. Um, I, I mean, it, it, if you're getting ejected like that, it, it's, it, that, that that's pretty crazy. I mean, I don't I don't know too many coaches that pick up a technical file. Some coaches maybe pick up a technical file per year, just one. Um, but the, the the high school referees are, you know, they're not they're not like the pros where you know sometimes you got a referee that has an ego and wants to show you up or, you know, sometimes. Um, in the pros, to get the team fired up, the coach might get a technical, or you know, if if or if the coach is tired of seeing the team play horrible, they'll just get ejected on purpose to hit the showers early, you know, stuff like that. You, you know, that that type of gamesmanship you don't really see in high school, and plus, it's not a very good look to be losing your your cool, whether you're a football coach or basketball coach, all the time. So, I mean, I I don't know, I don't know if I've seen anyone get ejected three times. Is it three times in a season or just three times overall? I want I want to say I heard it was three times in a season. Yeah. I heard it was first, I heard what I heard was the first time you had to serve a suspension mm-hmm. and then take the class second time you were suspended for the rest of that season and or or like a certain amount of time and if you got the third time then it was adios. Yeah, I mean, if if they're suspending you the rest of the season, there's no way you could get the third tech. I mean that. I mean that'd be pretty, pretty, pretty hard to do. I, I like I said, I, I don't think too many coaches. I mean, unless you're really facing, unless you're getting some really bad referees or sensitive referees to get ejected that, that many right. times. But I mean, I I do believe with coaches. And you got to pay for that class. You know, your school doesn't pay for the class. You got to actually pay for that class. And I think it's like a hundred, hundred fifty dollars. I'm, I'm not sure. So you, you know, not many coaches want to you know cough up the extra cash because they didn't decide to you know lose their cool during a game. Yeah, I mean, because the only time where I would know of somebody getting a lengthy suspension or getting ejected. A friend of mine that told me about when he was refereeing an eighth grade girls basketball game up in the Thumb area of Michigan, mm-hmm. and he had a girl who was throwing elbows, and he told her to politely to watch the elbows. He tried to talk to the coach; neither one of them paid any attention to him. So when he started calling stuff on her, her the coach comes running out and screamed a lot of words that I cannot repeat for FCC reasons. He got teed up twice and ejected and would not leave the floor and had to get the superintendent to come out and escort him out of the gym. Yeah, that 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 is pretty bad. And I and I think as a coach that that's very embarrassing. I mean, not you shouldn't be getting like that. I mean, I I I don't know why the coach was getting mad. You you, you know, your your friend told him, you know, be careful with the elbows. And coaches know their players, and he that coach knew that that girl probably was a little aggressive. I wouldn't call her dirty because maybe in her style of play, she likes to use the elbows to clear out. But sometimes you got to let them know, hey, they're calling it tight tonight. You know, I understand you're aggressive, but you're going to have to just peel back just a little bit with the, just the fact that the, the, the coach got mad unless the referee said a magic word to them that, you know, changed their attitude or made them flip. 
you know, you, you, you shouldn't get in those situations, not to mention not leaving the court. You know, you go in, if you're going to get ejected, go in there, get your screaming in, get what you have to say, and then just get the heck out of there. The, the, the quicker the better, but don't be sitting there, you know, loitering around, and then the superintendent has to take you off the court because not only does it make you look bad, you you kind of make your employer look bad. And, and if we've listened to earlier shows, if you don't have the administration backing you up, you know, either a losing season or, you know, another incident that might pop up might make you lose a job as a coach. Exactly. So that's just some of the changes I wanted to highlight that are going to be going on on in my home state. And hopefully when the, hopefully all this stuff with the pandemic gets over with relatively soon rather than later so we can get back to having activities i know that um yeah, it'll be Martin, a while frank i it, it, i know i mean yeah, if, I know. even if you're trying to open it back up people are still nervous i mean i tried to have a cookout with my dad and there was a few uh family members that refused to come you know they they just they're worried they're wearing these masks so i think the, the psychology of the, uh, of the American people it has to get back to feeling safe not to mention I, I, I've said this before I don't understand why somewhat of AAU was trying to come back so fast when professional sports isn't even back I mean I know the NHL is putting the proposal for the playoff and the NBA is looking at stuff but it looks like and then obviously Major League Baseball but they're kind of squabbling over more, more or less money than actually Safety precautions when to start back up, but you know I listened to Colin Cowherd, Cowherd, and initially when this outbreak first happened, he hit the nail on the head. He said, "We're not coming back until at least late June, early July, and probably won't start playing games till August." And this was back in March. You know, most people thought this would be a two or three week layoff, and then we'll be back to normal. And now it's, it's over two months. And I, I think that's where it's actually – I think that's where it's going. I think really you're going to see some stuff start to really open up in August. That's if everything goes according to plan and, and, and the infection rates stay low or at least stable. Uh, but I, I wouldn't say till stuff will happen until at least August. Well, Mark Ewell of Michigan High School Athletic Association just uh... – released kind of some guidelines for reopening and I'll just try and hit on a couple of things real quick. Pick that uh there's sports that are classified as low risk like that's some as moderate and others as high risk. Mm-hmm. And basketball's considered moderate and football's considered high and they're ba- I think they're just basically I just want to get to the point where you can they can allow just for things like open gyms to get going again yeah uh that's the, it's actually a real it's real crazy because now that we the non-contact i mean I, I guess i could talk about this for a couple minutes now that we're back to uh conditioning I guess, in doing skill set for contact sports like football, basketball, volleyball. It's very strict. Like, you know, for basketball, you got to have a player at a basket by themselves. Nobody can rebound for them. 
they have to use the ball that they pick out. You can't be switching balls. As a coach, I can't. If the, if the player misses off the rim, I can't say, oh, here, let me go get that ball for you and get it back for you. Uh-uh. If I touch that ball, then that ball needs to be sprayed down and washed. Um, you really can't use cones if you're on a shooting machine. Only one person on the shooting machine. Uh, you can't really do passing drills. I mean, it it, it is it, it's it's real stiff, but I I totally understand it. You know, now you're getting into liabilities, and and, and especially with people's kids, it, it it can be tough. Yeah, I definitely hear you there. There, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I just I, I just want to get sorry. I just want, like I said, I just want to get back to the point where we can just put some. Put our players in Bedford through an open gym and no, well, no, maybe just do, there's not maybe gonna be just, open gym. There's going to be some gym. skill develop. You could do skill development. Now, I guess in Michigan, June 12th, they're opening it up. Now, I don't know the extent of their restrictions and regulations. I just told you what Ohio is. But I know in Michigan, that's what they're doing. I think there's other states that are, are, are different. Um, but, you know, seeing anytime soon, I think – at least to the middle of July, you're not going to be seeing any type of open gyms or scrimmages, but they'll probably let you uh, do some skill work. Yeah, I'll take I'll take that over sitting around and doing nothing. Right, and that's where I think it's going to be. I think this people are going to have to understand this is going to be a slow, gradual process, and it can't be rushed. And you know, if 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 everybody does their part, we'll get back to life quicker. But if, if if people are just gonna just be defying and saying, you know, you can't do this, this is my constitutional right, my right, my body, and all this and that, uh, and and remember they're putting out more tests. So if the stuff starts to kind of increase and, and numbers is, is doubling, you're only hurting the causes of of, of 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 this country opening back up or at least getting close to what it was pre COVID nineteen. So, but you yeah. just you got to be patient. You got to wait it out. Yeah, I know. But hey, I'm just happy that gyms in Ohio have opened back up. I was, I was finally able to get out to Planet and get a little bit of a workout in. So, just I'm just gonna you just gotta you just pretty much gotta take whatever you can get right now. Yeah, I've been out to Planet Fitness as well, and and wiping down machines before and after I get on them. Um, so, and keeping my distance, but then again, no, I've always kind of been in my own world when I've been doing workouts. I don't really, unless I know you, I might stand and talk to you, but other than that, I'm not trying to crowd up on people. But then again, though, the times that I go to the gym, it's not a lot of people. Um, I think they're going to just have more of the problems during the prime time hours, which a lot of times is six to nine during the evening. And believe it or not, a lot of times, too, between 6 and 8, before people go to actual work, the gyms get packed. Some people like to get that early morning workout. I used to go right after work from UPS, like 4.30 in the morning. And by almost 6 o'clock, you know, almost all the machines are taken up and people are really getting in there trying to get that early morning wake, uh, workout in. Yeah, I mean, I went on, uh, I believe it was Tuesday, a kind of in the late afternoon, early evening, and... Planet Fitness that I went to, it was it wasn't really that packed, I and mean, probably by the time I got done, it was looking pretty much like a ghost town. Mm-hmm. So it's, I guess, because uh, I guess a lot of people were worried that everyone and their brother was going to try and hurry up and get to the gym, 
him and it was going to be packed all day and that actually wasn't the case so no uh, that, that, that's the thing no it's not because people people are scared i mean let's face it you've been quarantined for two or three months you don't know what information to believe because people are just spewing all types of misinformation on social media so people are going to basically peer out the window and see what's going on i mean and some people are out there saying yeah i'm gonna go out and do what i want to do and i don't want to wear a mask but for every person that's probably saying that you probably have maybe two to three people that are like you know look i'm gonna wait it out and see how productive this is going and that's why i said it's a slow process it it, you know for as many months as we've been in quarantine it'll probably take as many months for people to start to get back back around to having confidence and going coming back out so that's why i said i wouldn't be surprised by august you know we'll slowly getting back to normal way of life yeah and my my belief during this is make sure to use common sense whether that's wash wash your hands don't always cover your mouth when you sneeze or cough and make sure when you're at the gym, wipe down your equipment, clean up after yourself, and make sure you keep your distance. And just don't do anything stupid. Just use common sense. Those are rule. Those are use common sense. Was signs that my dad put up at his place of employment, and all of his customers come and say, "Those are the best rules we've seen." Well, yeah, people should have been using common sense even before COVID nineteen. Just like exactly, if you're not, if you know you're not feeling well. You're always somebody that's probably chronically sick. Probably going to the gym is not really a good idea. Now, for some people, they can get sick, go to the gym, and the sickness goes away. Now, I could totally understand that one, but more times than not, if you're feeling under the weather, you know, obviously don't come to the gym or don't try to go to work and, you know, get others sick and spreading whatever sickness that you have. Exactly. So, Frank, that was a good conversation. What do you got going on this weekend? Um, really not sure yet. I may may end up helping Ken uh, out with a few things. I was helping him out a little bit this past Memorial Day weekend, so I may be help, helping him with stuff here and there again. Just keep myself busy. Did you have a good Memorial Day weekend with Kenny Kent? Yeah, I did. I helped. Him. I was just helping him and his folks move some stuff around. His folks are moving into a new house and I just kind of getting some stuff moved around here and there and and uh, also had had some pretty good dinners too had steak on uh, Sunday night and had some pretty good chicken on uh, Monday night too so all in all it was a good weekend all at, at Kent's house huh yeah oh, wow he treated you really well yep did, did he hook you up with any women or just steak uh, no no, just food, food and drink for all my hard work. Any Hennessy? Uh, no, just uh, pretty much sticking to, pretty much just sticking to beer and the uh, gin and tonic. Oh, okay. Oh, gin and tonic for Mister Frank Bashner. So this week seemed like it went pretty fast, especially when it's a short week from the Memorial Day weekend. And uh, hopefully next we can get David the Man of God Harris on here. Maybe Darren Cone recap the Last Dance. Uh, a lot of a lot of interesting topics coming from that documentary. Absolutely. All right, Frank. Have a good weekend, man. All right, you too, Derek. Yep. That was Frank Bashner there on the phone lines talking a little high school 
football playoff expansion and some changes in uh, Michigan's high school rules for football and basketball. Like I said, you can always check us out on 88.3 WGT on Saturdays, 11 to 1 on the radio side, hopefully when the school opens back up. Or you can listen to us on our social media platforms on SoundCloud and on iTunes with After Further Review. If you do listen, you know, give us a review and hit us up for five stars so then we can expand our following or, you know, touch other people, so to speak. Anyway, for Frank Vashner, I'm Derek Lawson. This is 88.3 WGT's After Further Review.